Yeah, draft day, Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? Draft day, A. Wiggins. Fuck that other side, bitch, we stay winning. Oh, man, you know I had to do No Concept of Time, episode four. We are back after a horrendous hurricane. I'm here with you, Neve. I'm also your co-host, Edwin. We are back. Um, I guess we can just start off with the hurricane, even though it doesn't have anything to do with watches. Maybe that your submariner was, was almost week. submerged. It was a a crazy week. I was tracking it every like uh, advisory that would come out every six hours. I was like checking it to make sure, like when the cone shifted and stuff. It was uh, pretty nerve wracking because I'm uh, terrified of hurricanes from where I grew up. So I didn't want anything. <laughs> to do. Yeah, so we evacuate. Yeah, that's a clear difference between living in South South Florida and living towards. I guess we're like what Eastern now. Now we're West Side. Oh West Come Side, on, West brother. Side, West Side. I'm, look, it's 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 fine either way. We don't get hit with hurricanes over here, so we was chilling. Now tell me if this is a real thing. I heard that in this area, there's this old, um, Native American like prayer or like some sort of statue that's underwater that protects this area from hurricanes. And there hasn't been a hurricane that is in this area in 125 years because of that. Supposedly, that's what I heard of the story. I mean, I guess. Like, I, I mean, I couldn't give you a, a scientific reason on why that, uh, we never get hit with hurricanes. So I guess maybe that's something that, that helps, I guess. But I mean, there was definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of tragedy with the hurricane, but also, a uh, nice little P1 McLaren submerged in the water. <laughs> that was wild. And I've seen other videos of other people, like, uh, they call it Billionaire's Row down in Naples. Mm-hmm. That was, like, completely, like, Bentleys all over the place and Rolls Royces and all these things are just, like, floating in the water. Another thing that I thought about was dead bodies, like, from uh, cemeteries and stuff. Because mm-hmm. there was so much water. All these dead bodies supposedly were, like, floating all around the city. Which is disgusting. Uh, yeah, I mean, imagine how much watches were in that in that water. <laughs> I mean, I'd go diving. Speaking of diving, I got my Apple Watch Ultra the Ooh, other day. Here we oh. go. He's, it was he's... such a crazy story. Like finally, like it was every it's sold out every second. There's no way like you can just like walk into the store and get it. So I was like refreshing the Apple Store app when I was down south. Um, to see if there was anything down there, and I found one with a size small, which definitely did not fit my wrist. The band was a size small, yeah. um, but I ordered it. And they were supposed to fulfill my order, and then it took hours and hours and hours for them to finally fulfill it. But I finally got it, um, and I've been wearing it nonstop since. I've only charged it once in like the week that I've had it, which is crazy, because like the older Apple Watch, you have to charge every single night, and I've been yeah. like sleeping with it, using it for sleep tracking. I did my first workout with it yesterday. Um, Works pretty good. I mean, it's a great looking watch. It fits perfect on my wrist because I have gigantic wrist. But um, the screen is amazing. Um, just the like the way it's how useful it is. It's I love it. I I don't know how I'm gonna. I kind of don't want to take it off. And I'm, I put it size, on my right wrist. Does the screen size go it, in, in different sizes, or is it just one screen size? Just one, like it's literally just one skew yeah. with different bands. Okay. Exact same unit just different colored bands so i got the orange alpine loop in a small which barely fits like i i it doesn't really fit and then i got a second band um in like the starlight um like taupe color yeah um and it's which has been really really comfortable i usually don't like um natos and those kinds of things but this has been extremely comfortable for me and this is all bands that you can get from apple yep they're 100 bucks each um they're all they're all all the hardware is titanium, um, and it's just so high quality. Like just clicking the bands in, feeling the screen, and like the buttons and the crown and the crown guards are all just everything's so well done and high quality. It's I'm like really happy with it. I did put it on my right wrist in preparation to double wrist, but uh, who knows if that's gonna actually happen? <laughs> I mean, yeah, for, from what it looks like, it looks like they they were went in with the intention of making the Apple Watch actually a lot better than what it was. You know, like where an Apple Watch originally is just like, you know, you can use it for things when you're away from the phone. Now it looks like they're seeking to go towards that Garmin route. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're going right 
directly for Garmin's customers. Yeah. Even Garmin posted like a thing like uh, three days of battery is not like two weeks of battery or something like that. Garmin's like quick to, to attack other companies. Like they've done things against like the Whoop Band where they go like, oh, this is a watch, not a subscription or something like that because a Whoop is a $30 a month subscription. Yeah. Um, so they like jump after people. But Apple, I mean, give Apple some time and they're going to create a device that's definitely going to just swallow Garmin. It's going to, these things are just so good. It's, from, it's unbelievable. Come up from a person who, like, I've literally never given thought to ever buy an Apple Watch. Like, I've always thought they were useless. But just the look of that watch has me thinking, like, oh, maybe maybe I'll, I would give it a shot more than other times. What I think it's cool for, too, is, like, if you go on vacation and you go hiking, like, it's a fun thing to take with you yeah. to track the hike. You have those memories with you, or if you go to, uh, scuba diving somewhere, like, you have, like, an actual like data that can kind of act as a memory in a sense that goes along with photos and stuff to like remember that hike. So it's not just for like sports, like um, notifications and those kinds of things. It can be like that adventure watch for you. Yeah. But even just like, on, cause I'm really big on looks wise. If it, if it doesn't look good, I'm not wearing it at all. And this is one of the better looking ones that they've come out with. Like I did, I think they did that with the intention of people just wearing it kind of just as a wristwatch, but also has the utilities to do everything else. That that makes sense aesthetically for me. It makes sense for to to wear that watch because I like like it looks like an actual watch just with a screen on it. Yeah, I like. I don't think it's also. I think people think too much about it, and they're like, oh, they see the price tag; it's eight hundred bucks. Um, which in like the scope of watches is really. I mean, it's a lot of money, but it's yeah. not that much money compared to some other watches in general. But like my uncle, who's been he's been trying. I think he just got his allocation for it yesterday. Um, has been dying to get it. And he does not work out or do anything. He just likes tech and stuff. But I think he likes for the aspect of battery life because it's three days of battery life. The higher quality titanium materials. It's lighter, but it's bigger, and you get the bigger battery. And it's just it's a better looking aesthetic watch on the wrist yeah. than yeah. regular. What is a Garmin running? The entry level Garmin Phoenix is probably I think it's like six ninety nine without like music or anything. And uh -huh. then if you want music, the comparable one to this I think is nine ninety nine. Okay, so the price points are really similar. So Apple is definitely trying to go at that market for sure, like without a doubt, because they did the and, same thing with the satellite um, text thing as well. Yeah, exactly. And the the thing with the Garmin though is it's like two and a half three weeks of battery, but you don't get like a nice screen. Your screen is dull and it's whatever they have a garmin epics which is eleven hundred dollars which is an oled screen kind of like the apple watch um but that i think is like twelve hundred bucks yeah but th th that's where they'll lose out on that race as far as like once you start getting into the tech tech stuff like they, apple has the upper hand on that because they're a tech company so once once apple 100%. gets the look of it like this one and then uh you know the actual like battery life extended and all the other uh, utilities you can use for it then it's game over Hundred percent, because that's on, on that tech side you will completely lose. Um, let's get into uh, an idea that you had um, a fantasy draft of watches. So I got this idea from Hodinkee did it back in 2019, and they do it here and there on their podcast. Um, I don't really know how often they do it, but it's kind of a thing um, they do here and there. It's not really like a, a consistent thing. The idea is you pick like five categories i guess yeah um we each make a pick and once let's say i make a pick you can't take that same watch or of like course. if i let's say i pick it you can't pick a daytona in any other of the sections so the sections i came up with are modern sports watch modern dress watch vintage sports watch vintage dress watch and then like a flex watch and i don't mean flex as in like crazy expensive it could just be anything it, it could be crazy expensive and be yeah. like you want around or it could just be that like flex to fit in this, in a certain category or add-on or another part of your collection you want to add yeah like any any nfl draft is the same thing um who's gonna start it off first though you want to flip a coin on your on siri all right sure hey siri flip a coin what do you got i got heads hey siri flip a coin it's heads this time as you Okay, um, 
I'm going to start with my modern sports watch. And this is the one where I think the only one that I think we might have like the similar idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I pick, I'm going to pick the Vacheron Constantine overseas dual time Everest edition. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I went a completely different route with mine. It, I've kind of figured what you, what you would pick and what you think I would pick. So I went completely different with, with, uh, with with my route, um, I took a Pat Tech Nautilus fifty seven forty. Okay, I was think that was one of my picks too. I was thinking about that, but like, <laughs> um, the Everest is just the ultimate I mean, watch. Come on. This could be that could be like my one watch of all. Like, I wouldn't need anything else. I could get like that's one thing I would consider selling the entire collection. That could be a one watch for me. A fifty seven forty. Is a big boy. That's a that's a no joke watch. That's a that's a watch. That is a watch. That that's that is a beautiful big, watch. And I mean, it's just it's a huge watch. It's like heavy as shit because it's it's white gold, so it's massive. It's it's def- like a massive in weight. I don't think yeah. it's necessarily like oversized, but yeah. I mean, it's that's a big the- big big boy watch. I'd be scared. I mean, we we're not wearing that watches on a regular day. That's that's a like if if it, if it, if we're gonna like, we we would have to go into it a little bit more as far as like kind of like they do it in um, the fantasy drafts is like points wise. Like we would have to do it like is it actually wearable and then give a category number for that and like right. like that that type of stuff. Like what what is the likelihood of that getting stolen? Like ten, like that's a ten yeah. out of ten right there. Like a hundred percent. Um. Modern dress watch. What is the process for? You? So what? Hold on. What's the thought? What's the thought process for you for picking the um, fifty-seven forty? I love watches that are precious metal. Uh, like that. That's always been something that I go for. And now it's like white gold or platinum a lot. Um, but I like that watch a lot just for the sense of the different. Um, I don't. I don't really specifically know what it's called, but you know, on the dial when they have the three different. Is that set times of three different? places that's a the perpetual calendar so yeah, it so, has yeah. day day um month month moon phase which you love always uh, and then obviously the time yeah that that's one I, i've always like watches with the the look of those complications not necessarily that i would use those complications but i like the look of it rather than just the, a plain nautilus and if we're getting whatever choice that i can mm-hmm. i feel like if we're, if this is uh, wide receiver one or running back one that you would take in a fantasy draft, that's what you take in a fantasy draft. Like that's what that's what you start <laughs> off with. That's Derrick Henry. You know how much that costs? I couldn't even give you a number. I'm, it got to be like eight hundred, probably something like that. Some crazy. That, that, I mean, they do make a fortieth anniversary one that can go up. I think I've seen it up around eight, but that's in. I think that's in platinum. Um, the 5740 in white gold is now it's about 300. I mean, 300 is 300. Little, <laughs> it's so expensive. That like, Everest is an insane amount of price, too. I don't even think you can put a price on the Everest because they were only made like 200 and they're all sold and there's none for sale. I've never seen one for sale. They auctioned so, one. They auctioned the original one, the original Corey Richard one that he wore on Everest to take photos for? and stuff. Uh, I want to say like mid two hundreds too. So I just looked it up. It's one hundred six thousand dollars that the one that the actual prototype that he wore on Everest sold for. There's no way that watch is worth that now, though. No, I mean it's a one of one. It can, no. Whoever owns, <laughs> like I want five million for it. They can say whatever they want. Yeah, you name the price. Point. Re- realistically, at the at what price point do you think it would actually sell for now? Corey Richards or. Like the ones that the, that Vacheron actually remade and sold. Give me both. Corey Richards could be whatever he wants. Like whoever owns that watch could say, literally can say, I want two million bucks, three million bucks. That's impossible to really put a price on. Mm. I think the other ones would go 200, 250. Oh, I mean, they were originally. That's dope like for 20. you. That's yeah, a good, okay. <laughs> that's a good price. What, 25, you said? But they only made like they only made literally 100 of them so they called their 200 best clients were like here do you want this and they were all like yes probably and they're all saudi princes hiding it and who knows how much they're caught 100 so there's i mean if it's 200 you like that's doable like you could definitely do that um right. yeah, cont- sure. for, 
<laughs> Continuing it's a this. Suburb, to be honest, though, two two hundred, like obviously two hundred thousand is a, an insane amount of money, but there are Nautilus and like certain Daytonas or certain Pateks that go for two hundred daily. Are you saying that there's value at two hundred thousand dollars for the Vacheron? I'm not saying there's value, but I'm saying when you think about it at that at that price point, like it, at that price point, people will blink. It'll take a while for somebody to be like, "Yeah, two hundred grand." Let me like let me think about an Everest, a Patek at two hundred grand. People are like, "Oh, this is a steal!" <laughs> like for for certain reference numbers at least. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So it's it's all about like you know the market. It's all about what somebody's willing to pay for. If the Everest tomorrow was being worn by everybody who loves watch if John Mayer wears that tomorrow that watch is not 200 grand anymore 100% 100% that's it um would be surprised if he I'm sure he does that, that seems like a type of watch he wears 100% yeah um continuing this to modern dress watch for the second pick what do you got I was again. These are. This is one of them that I had two, and I was really, really torn between the two. One is hyper expensive. One is definitely more my wheelhouse. Um, I'm gonna pick the Grand Seiko SP SBGY007 Omi Omitari. Mm-hmm. I think is how they say it. I don't know how it says. It's the the one with the like baby blue dial, the birch dial. It's stunning. Um, I don't know how much it, I think it's around 90, 9,700 bucks. It's not that crazy not expensive. Bad. No. Simple, just like black leather, Grand Seiko, extremely high quality. Um, some of the best watchmaking in the world, in my opinion. Uh, like Japanese excellence to me, like this is um, part of their elegance line. The movement is unbelievable. Uh, 8,300 bucks, my bad. Like 8,300 bucks for, it's a, I mean, I could see myself wearing this with a suit. Like, this could be my only dress watch. I'm not a huge dress watch guy, but for me, this is, like, just stunning. It's the, um, it's... We've talked about have, that watch like, before, to be honest. I think we have. It's, like, it's, to me, it's one... Of, this is going to sound super strange, but to me, this is one of those watches where, like, I can look at it, and it, like, makes my stomach hurt because I like it so much. <laughs> like, I... I the fuck? I can, I can want it so bad. Like, it's so nice. And it, the the spring drive movement just to see that the way the the second hand like it doesn't even sweep it just like glides over it's it's one of those watches that makes my my head spin um the other watch i had in mind was the fp jorn chronomet blue which is also another one of those watches I feel that like makes we've, me sick we've never gotten really into the fp jorn talk at all like i like a lot of fp jorn watches because they're just like dress watches but I feel like that that has never really come up in conversations or picks that we've normally had. Like, I when you just mentioned FP Jordan, I, was, I just remembered. I was like, oh, shit, I could have chosen FP Jordan. And I didn't even remember that those watches were a thing. Like, I feel like they're super low-key watch brand. I mean, to the everyday person, like, you won't see, like, LeBron or, or Kevin Hart or any no. of them wearing an FP It's, like, a really, really eclectic taste. But they're they're up there in price and like value not value at all it's not value but that's like wh- that's why I think people at don't, auction don't pick it. It's so expensive. It's independent watchmaking. It's yeah. it's like very. They make a very small amount of watches every year. They're like the highest of the highest quality, and it's just like that's. FP Jordan's a true Saudi Prince brand. Like you've got to be one of those guys to to be able to buy one of those. And the Chronometer Blue is just like such a special blue looking like the color that they chose it's like a mirror finished blue um again another one of those watches that makes my stomach turn i just chose the grand seiko because i feel like that's something i will own one day and it's something i can like perceivably like actually go and buy yeah where like i know i'm probably never going to spend 150,000 100 whatever it costs to to pay for the fp jordan chronometric blue it's impossible can we get into that grand seiko talk because a lot of a lot of conversations that we've had as far as, like, first watch, especially when we worked together, was um, getting my uh, me a Grand Seiko um, or a tank that has always been in the conversation, too. But we've, we, I almost pulled the trigger on a Grand Seiko when we were in Mayors one day. But a lot of people don't, no, I won't say a lot of people, but there is a section of the watch world that doesn't really 
agree with you on the Grand Seiko having like the best um, materials or like they, there's not a watch that they would spend that amount of money on. They would spend that watch on a, that money on another watch, maybe with a name with a little bit more value. So, talk me through that's, that. At that's least. that's the big. That's the biggest thing. It's the name. I think people can't get over the name Seiko because they think immediately like I'm going into Macy's and I'm buying a $250 like jangly Seiko, which I have no problem with. I love those watches, but I think people they have an issue. the The biggest downfall for Grand Seiko is their marketing. Mm-hmm. Now it's so much better, but in the beginning, they were so tied to that Seiko name and with that Seiko heritage, um, people had trouble separating like the luxury side of it and being able to pay five, 10, 15, $20,000 for these expensive, highly finished, high quality, amazing watches. Um, now people are starting to understand with the help of their amazing marketing. Now within the last couple of years, um, they're really able to tell their story on all of their movements and the, the craftsmen actually building these watches and, different types of finishing like the Zeratsu finishing and really being able to um, bring Japanese history through their watches. And it's coming now more to the American market. Mm. Um, I thought it was a great pick for you for your first watch, just because you like more of that grandpa dress watch. And usually the Grand Seiko stuff, in my opinion, they do best is either on leather on a bracelet on and more of like a simple watch rather than like a sports like they're you i would not pick like their gmt collection or i mean their gmt like sports collection the ones yeah. that are like water resistance and stuff i would pick their like spgm 221 their the like ivory dial gmt like that's to me what they do best um i think they're i think they're changing and i've seen a couple of their more sporty watches that are ending up that are turning out to be really really amazing um but what they do best is that like entry level between up, sub ten thousand dollars. I don't think you find a better watch on leather. Yeah. I, I mean, think they're they're comparable to paddocks in in terms of their and finishing of their materials. Oh, you're gonna get some shit for that. Hundred <laughs> percent. You know so I'm right. In like ten, ten to fifteen years, do you see Grand Seiko being as an, an actual player in the game? As far as as far as like. If people actually buying their products a lot more i think i think within like five years i think it's going to be up there with those guys they're going to be fighting with for those spots with omega rolex they're going to be up there working especially if you're thinking more like dressy stuff i, mean, I think I mean, they're definitely talk there for sure I, I definitely think they're in the category of omega tutor as as far as like you can get an affordable watch at that price point i just don't know where the company's going to take it to if they want to really step into the realms of like really highly 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 like expensive watches like 30 40 50 60 000 like entry level for the for that watch yeah i they they have some pieces there and i know they have they have so many like the thing with seiko is that they have so many like offshoots of the of the brand so they have like their seiko stuff they have Grand Seiko, then they have King Seiko, then they have a bunch of other, I don't remember the Japanese names, but they have a bunch of different like sections of them. I think what they need to do is like consolidate and figure out where they can have like their Seiko stuff, where you have like your sports fun stuff, your SPV 143s, SPV 213s, all those kinds of things, the turtle, all that fun stuff. And then you have your Grand Seiko stuff, which is like your high end stuff. I think you need to keep it between the two. I can't, I don't think you can have five or six different companies under one wing yes. with all the names Seiko. It's so, so confusing for the yeah. consumer. So like a Rolex and then a Tudor. Exactly. But like they have different names. And exactly. you know the history is connected. But it's it's not like Rolex and Rolex whatever. Well, Rolex Jr. Whatever you want to call it. It's not like that. It, the, it has a very separation between the two. They want to attack all the markets. And they're, they're coming at it. It's diluting the actual product. And I think that's, that's, that's where... The problem lies where people are like, oh, you're going to pay $8,000 for a Seiko when you can just go buy a Vintage Day Day or Day Just or something. Like, that, that that's what the conversation's always going to be because they're used to, like you said, the Seiko where it's just like, 
it's a three hundred dollar watch. Like why why would you spend eight thousand dollars for a watch that they just you know make it look prettier basically? Yeah, I agree hundred percent. What's yeah. your uh, modern modern dress pick? Modern dress pick for me, or like I. I always lean towards Cartier for any dress watch because I think that they just make some of the best dress watches, at least a dress watch that's realistically affordable for me. Because, like, I mean, if you want to get to the Patek, like, they make the best dress watches. But I'm not going to spend $350,000 for a dress watch. But I chose the um, Reversal Tribute Dual Face Moon uh, Reference 3958420. So it's um, white dial on a black leather and then it flips over to a black dial with the moon face on it it's that watch is so nice it's so nice the reversal is just i think we both need to get reversals reversals are just so nice i mean so cool without a doubt like without a doubt in my collection that's gonna 100 percent be like multiple reversals at least like two reversals and at least two tanks like without a doubt like those watches are watches that i feel like i'll wear on a daily basis because i'll wear dressier watches more than a, a sportier watch on a daily basis, but that reversals is just the whole concept of the, the 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 flipping of it and not damaging it. But for some, I don't think with this one that applies because it has two faces that you can definitely damage. But it's just a beautiful watch, like genuinely. Like if you just want to wear the white face, then that's fine. And then you flip it, you can wear a black face. You can wear that with a suit. You can wear that with pretty much anything. To me, like uh, to me, dress watches don't only have to be with a suit. Oh, you can wear it with the sweater. You can wear. It. Yeah. I just don't see you wearing it. I mean, honestly, I've seen guys like Christian from Theo and Harris. They he wears like a little bitty tank with shorts and a like summer shirt on. He it doesn't yeah. matter. It still looks. I, I think it actually looks cooler that way. Me, in me my too. opinion, like it, it shouldn't only be formal when you wear a dress watch. Like I like the, the dress up that it gives you when you just wear something, you know, normal. Like I can wear this when we do no, very normal things, lunch, whatever. Just, well, I feel like a dress watch for me is more of a daily user than any other type of watches. I almost don't even think we need to call it a dress watch. Like these are just regular watches that are just like not sports watches that are hyper like that, made for being like. Yeah, that's the same thing that I said really early on when um, we were talking about like there's a difference between sports watches and dress watches or whatever. The only difference between these two watches are that the band is leather and then the other band is a steel or a precious metal or whatever. That's pretty much the only difference in those watches to me. Uh, besides the complications of like if I want to go like swimming with these with like a watch, that's pretty much the only difference. And I, for me, like I said, I, I won't go swimming with a watch. It's not my thing. I, Meg, actually, we were <laughs> when we evacuated back down south. Um, she wore her oyster perpetual, and she would take it off to wash her hands because she didn't want to get it wet. I was like, "What are you doing? Like, this thing's a hundred I was like, "Let's dive in the pool with it." And she was like, "No, no mm. chance. I don't want to get it wet." I was like, "This thing is like right in for a hundred meters. Yeah. Like, you can wash your hands. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, you'll be completely. All right, washing the hands is a little different. Like, if you're telling me to jump in the pool, like, something about me doesn't doesn't allow me to just, like, all right, let's jump in the water with this. Like, immediately I'm going to be like, oh, this is going to get fucked up. Like, immediately. Even though it's I, meant for like, that. I purposely will, like, when I wash my hands, I will purposely get my watch wet. I will, like, if I'm giving the kids a bath, I will stick my arm in the water as deep as it can possibly go just to get it wet. Just to, <laughs> just to test it out. <laughs> it down there <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the most diving this guy's done in like eight years um all right <laughs> continuing this uh vintage sports watch what do you have I, I know for a fact we won't have the same here no i think so i like did a lot of research for this and this one is a really actually like a special pick for me um this is one of those watches that my grandfather showed me i think this is even before the gm he originally showed me the the like magenta faded gmts mm-hmm. um my pick a Rolex Sea Dweller reference 1665, the double red stamp. Um, okay. It's, I remember him showing the double red and being like, this is elite. Like when you see like something with two red marks on the bottom of it, it's not a Submariner. It's not just a regular watch. Like these double red stamped. Um, do you know what I mean when I say double red? No. So on some of the older watches back in the 70s, 
the the where it's so where under it says Rolex where it says Sea Dweller and I think it's when it shows the um like depth rating yeah. will show it, it'll be where everything else will be white okay. and then some of them have, the one specifically that I want is actually was for sale in Hodinkee. Um, it's from the, from '76 and it has like all these nice pumpkin cream loom plots and it's just it's such a good looking watch. Um, to me, this is like quintessential vintage sports where like i could be walking around and if i see a guy and i can notice the red on the bottom i'm like oh this guy knows what he's talking about like this this is a legit it's crazy that is just that small detail like that's the small detail between your watches being a normal watch and you being like oh this has a story to it exactly and like it's exactly that that john mayer saying like look closer and look closer but look closer it's the the double red to me stands out so much in my head because of how much my grandfather ingrained that in my brain that like red on the text on these submariners or sea dwellers are not normal watches these aren't just the normal everyday uh sub or whatever anybody's wearing like this person knows what so that was my pick um i almost thought for a second you were gonna say my pick because your grandfather has my pick well he has the second version of my pick, because I chose the Rolex GMT Master uh, reference number sixty five forty two. Okay, that's I, I chose that watch because like I've always been into the Pepsi watches. Um, that's also known as like the James Bond GMT, so it also has a story to it. That's when when I when I look for something a little bit more vintage, I look for stories just like you were saying. Um, with the with the double red uh on it um but i was also looking another one of my picks is going to be the submariner comics because i always just like those type of watches it's that i love those type of watches that have a story to it like like the the stamp is a stamp that they no longer use and they use this stamp because it, it was for these people like you know it when when it comes with a story with it it, it means more to me as far as vintage that's why i enjoy vintage a lot more because i feel like now the watches don't really, whatever, you know, like, there's Tiffany Stamp, Patex, if you have that type of money, then, yeah, that's crazy. But, like, I feel like now the brands are so heavily into just, like, our brand only. But those watches mean a little bit more now because they were, like, they were a part of something else as well. So it's kind of like, it, it's like a lab, but it's it was meant for a specific reason. I feel like now there's not really much in, like, the watch market that is, like specifically for that for that like a like for that type of market like there's no pilot watches anymore with any with any of the stamps on it or anything like that like now everything is aftermarket like right, if you wanna, yeah like if you want a, a domino's one that's aftermarket whatever but like i feel like these companies that don't aren't inclusive like that anymore because where they are now right they're so shut. They're so closed. They're so like secretive. They don't want to do any kind of exactly. like when you have a big collaboration like that, it's, it means something. And that's why like that Supreme collab, I was like, that's, if it's that's a real thing we can, we can talk about, but yeah. that, if that was a real thing like that, it would be a massive deal for the watch world, especially for Rolex people that are like super into Rolex. I, w- I would like that just because it has the same aspect of those type of watches that we were just talking about with the vintage where it, it like, it's, there's another meaning to it besides Rolex. Like, I, I, you know where you're getting when you get a Rolex, but, like, if it, if it's a Supreme one, it means something to... Well, one person who has the money, it might mean something to them because that, that streetwear world of the 90s and stuff like that. But um, just if you get a Submariner, it's a Submariner. Like, it's still a great watch, but just add that little detail in there, and it means a lot more. Did you know that... So do you know what what they nicknamed this sixty five forty two? It's the James Bond watch, isn't it? It's the um the the Goldfinger watch yeah. that he wore. Yeah, it's from Goldfinger, but they call it the oh, Pussy yeah. Galore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it, it? And this is also the first um watch that displayed the red and blue, right? No. I think it was the first. Yeah, the first time. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it me it it looks so much more symmetrical and just like. I, I'm a big person with symmetry. Like, I don't know if you've heard over the last couple of episodes, but like to me, it looks so much more clean and well done than the newer ones. The new ones just like look, I don't know, maybe it's because it was like, this almost looked like it's hand done where the other ones look like 
it was made by a machine. Yeah. It looks like so much more detail and intricate than the other ones do. And maybe this is just because it was it's so much older. But I think that's the the appeal with vintage, right? Like that's the fun part. That's like every single one is different. There are mistakes. It's like not perfect, but at the same time it make that's what makes it perfect. It's and same, I think that's the appeal. It's the same conversation we have all the time when I send you like a watch where like someone got an accident in the watch or something like that. Like um and like the the watch the watch is like scratched up. I'm like this like it looks so much better because like when you have something that's supposed to be pristine all the time, and then obviously if you like dent it or something like that or whatever, you're gonna be pissed about it because like it's as far as the value is deducted on it. But but like in the vintage world, like it's it means nothing if it gets dented. It means something more of a story if the bracelet gets scratched or like in in the one that I saying, I think it was like a, a, a sky dweller. I think it was. Where the guy got in a car accident and then it basically scraped the bezel down and it scratched it and like it was a motorcycle accident and the yeah. whole thing was scratched. Yeah. The thing was scratched down. I mean, yeah, it's fucked up and like I mean, yeah, it's not, but it's so much cooler to me. Like, like I would rather I would keep it like that. I think that's really cool. And people take vintage like older watches that they find. Like let's say you found a sixty five a sixty five forty two in your grandpa's closet. And he doesn't, he's like, oh, this old piece of junk, you can have it. Yeah. And like, you take it to Rolex, they'll try to fix it all and put like new parts on it. Yeah. I would lose my mind. Like, these are things that you don't touch. Like, you try to get it mechanically working. And then from there, like, have at it. Like, it's perfect that the way it is. Like, make it worse. Yeah. Like, it's, have it age more. It's also just like the same thing. Like, if, if, uh, if you follow vintage clothing, like, um, a lot of what the colors are now that a lot of companies are using are due to the um, big surplus of vintage clothing now where everybody's searching for that, um, specifically like with a faded black or certain textures that they use when they cut up shirts and things of that nature. It all comes from vintage because that look is something that was really made with a 1985 shirt and it's 2022. Now that shirt is what it is because it's been worn in so much times i think a lot of people don't like that aspect because i know a lot of people don't like it with clothing at all either where like people don't like the aspect that it's been worn it's been used and somebody had it before but i feel like that's more meaningful in the sense like this i have a sweater in here a cardigan sweater in here that was like a state championship sweater from some place in kansas some high school in kansas and it's from 1972 like where that Traveling to Kansas in 1972 is not where I traveled in 2022. And that's the right. story in the gap between that. Like, the person who had that sweater in 1972 probably won't even like somebody that looks like me in 2022. And it's right. a completely right. different right. Right. aspect of that. Like, if you get that 6542, like, the person who got that that watch got that watch because they liked what it looked like in that in that year. Now, versus the person who who would get it because of the meaning of that watch now in 2022 or maybe because of the value of it of it in 2022 but that watch has a story and that's why that watch is renowned now i don't feel like in 20 years a lot of the watches that are made now will have a significant story like in like the ap blue ceramic like i don't right. feel like that's gonna have an actual story in 20 years it's just a, a great watch and it color that looks like a g-shock like it's not really oh lebron wore this cool. right, right like you feel me like it, it doesn't really have a story to it um those watches have stories to it because they were the first of its kind or um they actually have a story to it because of james bond and things of that nature like they still have the bond watches now that people really enjoy and that but that that came from that right like that's the legend lives on you know like you keep yeah. wearing it and creating those stories with it i think i mean i think that's the fun part about watches is that you get to like even with modern watches i try not to baby them you know me i wear my heart to, my watch is really hard yeah because i want to make reads and i want to pass them down and i want my kids to know and my family to know like what i did with them and see them in pictures and all those things so i think that's that's the whole point that's the fun part yeah. um you want to move on to the dress vintage sports watches next what do you have? Oh, no, no. Vintage Dress. Yeah, yeah, we just did Vintage Sports Watch. Um, started off. What do you have for Vintage Sports Watch? I mean, uh, Dress Watch. I, I picked, uh, to me, I think it's a, a, 
it's special because it's different again i like and this is not a common thing i usually like more of the like boring stuff quote unquote like the more simple stuff but to me this is like rolex doesn't do these kinds of things anymore so i my pick was is a rolex date date um 1803 with the lapis lazuli dial mm-hmm. um it's like the dark blue um there's no like indices or markers on it you just have seconds hour and minute hand the date and the day and it's in yellow gold it's so different um i wish rolex did stuff like this i mean you see it here and there like with the ops and stuff but they don't really take chances and really like push the limit of like design quote unquote it's more like what will sell the best and i feel like these more people see watches like this um the more people will be attracted to the brand if that makes sense i think rolex needs and i'm not here to tell rolex what to do but i think rolex needs to to make things more interesting and change things up and to me this is like the day date is a quintessential dress watch especially in yellow gold um again you could wear it with anything i think you could literally wear this with a white t-shirt and be fine you don't have to be wearing a suit or a sweater or anything you could be wearing a white t-shirt you can go swim like swimming you can go to the pool with it like you could be like like tony soprano where you know it's to Mm -hmm. me it's the thing is, with, with a lot of these watch companies now, I feel like what they're what they're living off of now is the exclusivity of it and the the aftermarket of it. Without the aftermarket, I don't think a lot of these companies will be able to push a lot of the the stuff that they're pushing out as of now. Um, and what really we should be focused on more is creativity. Creativity is what gives you longevity. But it, it is it is a business aspect of it as well. You have to make money on it. But the exclusivity part of it is what's what's keeping a lot of these companies. I won't say alive because like you know they make an insane amount of money. But it's what's keeping these watch companies at least interesting at this point. It's not really creativity. They're not doing anything that's like out of the norm or new shapes or anything like groundbreaking. It's just repurposing the same watches, different colors maybe different dials um it's almost it's almost just like what they're doing in most markets especially with clothing as well especially with sneakers as well they just repurpose the same shoes and then uh do a different color and we we all buy them because we like we we want it in that color but it's when are we going to get a newness like in the 90s there was a whole run of basketball and then in 2000 there's a whole run of basketball sneakers but when are we going to get something new that actually like impacts something yeah, I think they have a recipe, right? And they like they they have a formula. They know it works, and they are just gonna keep doing it until they can't anymore. Exactly. And it's it, it again. I I it just thought of it now. Like it is just like sneakers. Like you don't see they keep they have the same silhouettes, and then they just add different colors and different That's materials it. and do different collections. Literally the same thing with Rolex. Like they're they they have their sub, they have their GMT, they have this, and they change the colors here and there, and they change the, with the crown position here and there, but they don't like push material boundary like i mean they do the meteorite stuff but that they know sells for a crazy amount of money it's not like yeah. something that is really boundaries of design mm-hmm. it's just like let's throw but it's kind of the same thing so i don't know it's, i thought the lapis is, is really cool uh, it's also because it's an iconic design so you do have a, a thing to live off off of that it was like a, a bunch of heritage on it like the watch world wouldn't be where the watch world's at because of because you know because of these watches but yeah, but how how are you gonna keep that moving forward if you just keep doing the same watch that was done in nineteen thirty? Like that doesn't make any sense as far as like creativity wise. Like that's not fulfilling, but I don't think they're looking to be fulfilling. They're just looking to make profit. Like that that's the name of the game now. So it's all all business, and then they they hate the aftermarket. It's the same shit with sneakers. They hate the aftermarket, but the aftermarket is what's keeping you alive. If nobody care, if nobody cared about. Uh, Panda Daytona selling for a crazy amount of money aftermarket or not a sudden aftermarket, the market would be a lot smaller, and we wouldn't have this podcast to yeah, talk for- about. So um, exactly. So the uh, dress watch that I chose as vintage dress watch, so watch that we've had a lot of conversations about on here. I think it's a watch that's continually going to be in uh, any of the picks that I have until I actually get this on my wrist because I feel like this watch is magnificent. Um, Patek 3940, first series, white dial, bl- um, black leather strap with the gold on it. That watch is just 
perfect. Another Moonface watch. I'm going to choose Moonface all the time. Like, it's just a great additive to the watch. Um, I feel like that watch, to me, is the same thing with the with the Nautilus. I just like the... Um, it's a perpetual calendar. I it's, like the look of it. Yeah, I like literally it. Literally the same Maltrava, which yeah. is interesting. Like, you have a very consistent taste. and Always. Like, it, it's such a great like i said did i not send you one this weekend when ben Clim- i think ben climber was wearing one on a like gray hodinky strap while he was playing golf yeah he's, he did uh, the founder he did of yeah you just send it i, I saw so like, yeah it's a great watch it's borderline a sports watch like you could wear this on on leather and play golf with it i have, would have no problem with that and you can go to a cocktail night whatever wearing a tuxedo with it it's like either way watch. it works it's a great watch. Like it, aesthetically, it's what I look for in watches the most. I'm not really a complications guy. I'm not really like, oh, I can dive 600 meters in this watch. But like, does this watch look good on me? And would this watch look good with something that I would wear? And that that fits in that market for me like perfectly. Um, it's it's just the, it's just a classic watch. I think Patek makes like the best dress watches. And then following that would be Cartier for me. But like, I I wouldn't blink an eye of getting either either or like i tried to keep cartier out of this Gordon conversation because i've talked about that like heavily like that's like a watch company that i love but um definitely brought in the horizons but the Patek is definitely one that uh i would choose any day of the week okay um i'm gonna recap my picks real quick and then i'll show i'll, I'll share my flex pick so for modern sports i picked the uh, Vacheron Constantine Overseas Dual Time Everest Edition. Uh, modern dress, I picked the Grand Seiko SBGY007 Omiratari. Vintage sport, I picked the uh, 1665 Double Red Sea Dweller from Rolex. Uh, vintage dressed, I picked the Day Day Lapis Lazuli dial um, in yellow gold, the blue dial. And for my flex pick, I picked a flex. Like, this is a flex watch. <laughs> I picked. AP Royal Oak Minute Repeater in Platinum. This watch is absurd. Do you know what a Minute Repeater does? No. So a Minute Repeater is in a mechanical form in the watch. There's a button you click, and it'll literally repeat the minutes to you with chimes. So it'll chime at you like, bam, bam, bam. Like that would be, if you hear three ticks, that's like three o'clock. And mm-hmm. then the minutes is by tens. So it's like it all it dings at you. So it looks like a regular Royal Oak in platinum um, with the subdial, but then it's a minute repeater, which is like one of the most difficult complications to do. The sound, if you if you have the chance to listen to the sound, it just sounds so perfect. You really like and then the sounds a, of the watches though too. Like that that would I love that, that would be like your white noise. I oh my god, I would love that. And like bezel clicks, I would flick a bezel all day if I could. Um, <laughs> But this watch is just 20 were made. Um, they made 20 in titanium. The titanium price was $321,000. And then in platinum, it was $386,000. These were That was the retail price for these. Um, so you have this giant, heavy, what seems to be a normal Royal Oak. But if you know, you know kind of thing with the mini repeater and the little button on the side. Um, to me, this is like the ultimate flex. I'm pretty sure John Mayer has one of these. Um, this is like really if you know you know thing and especially with the platinum to me so i wonder what these are going for if you can ever find one on the on the gray market what the actual price would be i was waiting for the royal old pick from you i was waiting for that pick i was waiting to see when that pick was gonna come (laughs) um all right let me give a quick rundown of my picks so modern modern sports watch i chose the patek uh nautilus 5740 um, the dress watch I chose Reverso Tribute Dual Face, uh, uh, Dual Face Moon, um, and then also I chose for the sports watch the Rolex GMT sixty five forty two, and the Patek thirty nine forty for my vintage sports watch. Um, we missed one category, but we'll get. I'll, I'll just save my flex pick, and it's always going to be a Cartier Crash for me. That's just like. That that's the watch. That, like, if that's on the wrist, that's like that's insane. Like, what what, like where one did you get one of these? Like, two the conversation would be like, is that right away? Is that fake? And then like, the that <laughs> that shape of that watch is just ridiculous for me. 
But we did miss the high complications watch as well. Oh, we did. Yeah, we missed the high complications watch. What'd you pick? Uh, Patek 5270P. It's a chronograph perpetual calendar. Oh. Okay. Dial. Yeah. Uh, that watch is beautiful. <laughs> that watch is so great. So great. I was looking for the one that um, uh, not Matt Damon, but what? What's the? What's uh, Kevin Hart's guy? The guy he's always in Which movies one? with, uh, Mark Wahlberg. I always get Matt Damon and Mark, Mark Wahlberg, um, confused. Hey. Yeah, uh, I was looking for the blue dial one that he had. Um, the uh, I forgot what what it was, but it's definitely a big boy watch. It's a Patek. I forgot what the blue dot was. Oh, yeah. We were talking about. Got it. yeah. That's a great watch. But I did like, because I haven't talked about any watches with a green face on it. And I feel like that's disingenuous because I love the green face. It's not like on almost like every watch. So I was like, let me choose this one because that watch is pretty great. Um, if I have to go high complication, um, I'm going to Fijorn for sure. <laughs> I'm picking the. Um, the Chronomet a resonance. Um, it's the like if you think F. B. Jorn, it's the the one with the two big subdials and then the uh, two little ones under it. Yeah. Um, to like if you're talking complications, it's not as like crazy. It's not like full of complications, but it has like the tourbillon, the power reserve, um, perfectly symmetrical. F. B. Jorn does like to me this design is perfect. Um, it. The, but from the font to the dial color to the hands, like it all makes sense. It all like tells it all like feels right together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I was going to go high complication, I'd go FP Jorn for sure. You know what it is with FP Jorn with me is like, where do I even get this from? I know they have like boutiques and shit, but like, where do I like? I don't, I know for a fact if I walk in FP Jorn boutique, there's no way I'm walking out of there with a, with a watch. Never. Yeah, no Never. way. Like that. That 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 is the. If 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 I had to put this in like um a streetwear conversation, this would definitely be like the Emilion Dior of watches. Like it's very low key. Super low key, and like they make them. They make so little of them, and they have so many different variations of it. So you have to imagine how little of each piece they make. Mm-hmm. Like this resonance they have in, um, rose gold platinum steel like they have a ton of different ones so like to think yeah. how many they actually but they're making like one of each <laughs> and how long it probably takes to make them it just it to me it's the ultimate like this could also be a flex watch to be completely honest 100%. with you but 100%. but i'll take this for high complication for sure i mean dude the the some of the prices on these fp joins i'm like man like i don't know if what does the fp join run you retail um, so like this, uh, chronomet resonance in platinum is 110. Okay. Some of the retail but, on the, on the, like a, a Turbillion one is pretty fucking insane. Yeah. I, I don't understand who the fuck can afford these kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, but it, it does, it does have the quality of it. Like this, this, this case, uh, material is platinum dial colors, yellow gold. Like that there's, there's definitely Arabic number dial like that's if this is on another watch it's gonna go for that amount of money as well um I just looked up the resonance in platinum on the aftermarket yeah. on like the gray market uh watchbox is selling one for four hundred thousand fucking dollars so there is an aftermarket for an FP Jordan, like a, a a pretty hefty one it's crazy like yeah. we need to have some um, really well versed in the auction game because they're the Sotheby's and Christie's are going crazy with FP Jorn's as of late. So mm-hmm. maybe on that can walk us through like the FP Jorn market because that alone has its own like they make so little that the F, like these prices that I'm telling you like 110 and stuff doesn't mean anything because like you're not getting it at 110. Yeah, no way. It's impossible. No way. So like I would like to know like what makes them what makes them ebb and flow like what makes the market so up and down and like what is the most desirable of the pieces yeah is like that or just independence in general because i know honestly i don't know much about independence and it's such a big piece of the watch world now because like that's part of that like breaking off of like the big boys like the rolex ap Mm -hmm. attic like these 
independent watchmakers are making a big wave in the watch world, just like designers are in sneakers and stuff. Yeah, same thing. That the the only difference with sneakers is that they, in the sense of like a street world, um, a streetwear like world of it, um, a lot of the bigger companies will invite the other brand to collab with it. I wish that it would be like that in the watch world because I think it would make a lot more sense to bring my what I what I bring to the table and what you bring to the table and make it like a collective with like uh, Joe Fresh Goods or Milan Dior with New Balance like New Balance wasn't as New Balance wasn't marketed to the people who it is marketed to now and now New Balance is a lot uh, broader and it, they made it a lot better shoes now because you have a yeah no you have a you have something to fall back on when you have a creative idea, and when it's between two people or two companies, then it doesn't. I wish I wish watches did apply that one thing that I know the sneaker does is um, to people who are really like dialed into the watch. I'm sure like if John Mayer wanted to do one, they'd do one ASAP. But like, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, like uh, like just have like a collab with that would be like super dope. Like I, I like what G Shock and stuff does. Like with John Mayer G Shock. Like like what like what happened with that. Look what that was to the 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 watch world. Yeah, Megan Swatch, the yeah. the Moon Swatch. Exactly. Can you imagine a a day date, but it's like an FP Jorn version of a day date? Like that would be fucking crazy. Like that watch. Like, like I, I I do I do like that they do invite some people in there to change an FP Jorn because I've definitely seen like Kodiki episodes and stuff where they allow certain certain like people. Yeah, a lot of. A lot of collabs with like Vacheron, they've done um, a ton of other like big, 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 big brands where they yeah. do like special for Hodinkee. Um, but I wish the two big boys would come together, like the two big design houses would come mm. together, maybe in a big and like a bigger house. Yeah. Um, one cool collab, I think that'd be sick. That 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 would make a lot more sense because uh, two big heads wouldn't wouldn't do it. It has to be. And independent in that because there's too much politics involved. There's too much, too much of that. With the Hodinkee collapse, do like does Hodinkee not shit on watches like, or do they just like, you know, kind of like try to keep it PG with the watch companies? Because I feel like there would be no collabs if they really like really shit on watches. <laughs> oh, here's the thing, and this I'm not a journalist, so like I don't know like the ethics behind all of it. Um, but Hodinkee is owned partially by LVMH. Okay. I don't know if you know that. They were okay. By LVMH. So they had, like, it's hard to say, like, for them to give a real review on, like, a Tag Heuer because they are owned partially by the company that owns Tag Heuer. Yeah. So, like, it's hard. Back in the day when they were, like, the beginning of Hodinkee, they could sh- talk shit all they wanted about certain watches and say, like, this fucking sucks if they wanted to, or this is amazing. But, and then... I guess that's how they got collabs, but now it's kind of like you have someone in your back pocket that you kind of have to be careful with the words you say. So there's, I'm sure they're like editors would say otherwise and be like, no, they don't say we have to say anything, but at the same time, like there's a guideline you have you to gotta follow. Be careful. Yeah. There's relationships that you have oh. to, to like go with like that, that, that makes sense. Like, cause if you shit on watches, I don't expect you to, to for Rolex to be like, yeah, like let's do a collab. Like, yeah, this is this is great. If you just shit on the fucking date eight forty, like that won't happen. Um, yeah, but no watch world really talks shit. That's the thing. Like that, everyone's like too buddy buddy and too like suited up to ever like. I mean, they say things, but they don't like start beef or anything. Like yeah. where they like yeah. highly yeah. criticize. Yeah. Well, because there's a relationship that you have to massage, like. If I talk shit about them now about one watch, I know that I'm gonna want to. I know that I'm gonna eventually want another Rolex when they made something that is incredible. So like, if I shit on this watch and like this this watch is shit, then I'm not gonna be able to get that opportunity to get that watch. But like, all right, cool. Like, I mean, that's where we come in. If you put out something shit, I'm gonna say that it's shit, and that's it. Cause I don't really care. Like, I'm not really. Yeah. I'm. I'm one foot in, one foot out of this watch world. I don't really follow the politics within this watch world. Like, I, the way I got introduced to watches was a very, like, unique standpoint of it. So, like, I don't really have the snobbiness of, like, oh, my God. Look at look at, look at what he did to that. Yeah, no. It's not really me. Well, all right. We'll end that off here with that fantasy draft. Um, no concept of time. Episode four. We are out.